curious minds. And here is your host, Gary Cachulio. Welcome everyone to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cacciolillo. And before we get started, I want to thank everybody for listening and also thank the contributors to my show who are executive producers Candice Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, and Ms. Aida, psychic and author of Who Do Justice Magic, binaural production engineer Damian Keller, author of Sounds Good, Sounds Great, Monthly co-host, Jared Murphy, author of It's Not Aliens, It's Worse, It's Us. And monthly co-host, Kath Baldwin, author of The Forgiveness Workshop. And this episode is being sponsored by tarotbyginger.com. Thank you, Ginger, for sponsoring this episode. And again, that is tarotbyginger.com. And now, without further ado... Our guest for today is the greatest psychic and prognosticator on God's green earth, Robert Lindsay Mill. Thanks for coming on, Robert. Thank, thank you very much. And I might be, I might possibly one day and ever be one of those that you describe me as, because I certainly am not that yet or now. <laughs> and as is, and I just so wanted humble. to get off. I just yes, well, yeah, that's a pretty yeah, that's a pretty big uh, um, uh, place to get put on. So far beyond uh, uh, what 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 I've done or what I've ever done or ever will do. But um, so um, I'm kind of like that, just not that good uh, as the, what you described, right? Well, you 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 been a fantastic influence on me. That is for sure. And, really? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I. I You've been a huge, a huge influence on my life. How so, Gary? Um, you know, you when I talk to you, at least like before or after the shows, you share your wisdom and your advice and sometimes insight that I do not see on my own that helps me make better decisions. And it also helps me see patterns in my life. And... Um, I don't know. Sometimes you give me a deeper, more profound insight into the nature of my own experiences. Thank you. I really love um, sharing that type of things with people. Um, it, it, I, I really enjoy um, helping people see those wonderful things about themselves. It, it's really fu deeply fulfilling um, to, to see. Yeah, it's life-changing. It feels really good on this side for me, right? No, it's, it me feels too. really, it's, it's, it's quite um, humbling. When I, I do my best not to think about um, what, what I do because um, uh, it gets a bit overwhelming or, or humbling. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. Yeah. Um, 
So earlier, before we... And the other thing is it makes me nervous that maybe I may not be able to do it the next time or can do it. You know, that that it's, it's like when someone says, oh, my friend told me about you and you did the greatest breathing ever. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, ah, oh, shit, am I going to be able to still do it? <laughs> you know, right. I, I have that pressure too. Actually, I have that stress more than, than I've ever had it before. Really? I, I would think yeah. that... Um, you would be more confident as you've gotten older and done, you know. Well, once I get started, hundreds of thousands, story. possibly millions of of readings, and um, about a hundred thousand connections. Actually, mm-hmm. well, well, it's it's that. Um, well, I turned seventy three in um, a month and a half from now. You don't so, look a day over forty. Well, thank you. Thank you. You're, I, very, you're I a very sexy but, man. Well, thank you. Um, I, I like to think that. I, I am, uh, although a little bit more modest in that area as well. Um, so <laughs> so um, I, I forgot what I was saying now. Um, uh, we were talking. Uh, well, um, I know more about how I do my work than at any other time. And when I get focused and getting, as soon as I get focused and tuned in and doing the reading, there, there is no uh, um, insecurity at all. It's when someone has referred someone to me mm-hmm. and then this person is coming to me with expectations that I'm not quite sure they have it. I then get nervous about being able to fulfill or get beyond those expectations. Interesting. Uh, when, when, when you come into that situation, and you know, the person has expectations. I, I suck it up like, and just do it. Mm-hmm. But when you do it though, my question would be, um, how do you, is it difficult sometimes to tell a person things that they don't want to hear that you know is going to not satisfy their expectations. Oh, you mean make them unhappy because because it's it's a bad thing? It's something negative? Well, not necessarily negative. I mean, obviously, like, like those negative things are going to result in a positive thing, as we were talking earlier. But but how, how oh. do you explain those type of things to to a client? A negative thing, or that I'm not tuning into them correctly. Which 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 one are you? I'm not sure what you're asking. Well, I can't imagine you not tuning into somebody cor- correctly. Well, well, there there are times that I I'm not able to. Mm-hmm. Now now, one of the reasons that I have such a um, a high average, as it were, high batting average, so to speak, is because I only do readings if they're the best that I can possibly do. And if I do a reading for somebody, it's not their reading until I say, because you can't, I record it. Mm -hmm. It's my reading until I say it's worthy um, of my ability. Like it's, it's good enough. It's at my standard. Am I that I, I decide, am I, when 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 I was uh, recording on CD and and cassettes, I always used to sign every reading at the end, and it was then that I would decide whether um, the reading was good enough for that person to pay me for. 
Mm-hmm. And and I'm always like that. So that the reading I do for somebody isn't their reading until I either email it to them or or give them a copy of it. Until that time, it's not theirs. Mm-hmm. And I decide whether it's the best I can do. And that happens at any given point in the process from first time I, I'm in contact with the person all the way up to the end of the session. And and for any reason I feel it's not the best, I don't do it. How do you determine whether it's the best or not? I, I can just tell the way it feels. So it's just a, a gut feeling, an intuition? Yeah. Yeah. Well, thinking of like an athlete, okay? Um, let, let's think of a hockey player because, you know, I'm a Canadian. Um, <laughs> we do other things. So um, when when you're playing a sport or something and um, you got a, you have a breakaway on an empty net and you don't score, you know you did something wrong. There's you, you did something that wasn't does wasn't right. Okay, mm-hmm. you made a mistake. It wasn't right. It was wrong. It was bad. Whatever. There's a feeling to it. Well, I get that same sense when I'm when I'm tuning in. I I I, I know when I'm in the, in sync. I know when it's flowing. Hmm. Interesting. Well, now here's another reason why I know what it's like when it's flowing. Because I also know what it's like when it doesn't happen. And there have been times in my career where it hasn't happened. It, it, you know, um, it's kind of like, you know, psychic impotence or something, you know. It's, and I've experienced the, the psychic impotence a couple of times. Uh, there was one time, um, and, and this was the most profound time. Uh, oh, there's been a few. Mm-hmm. Ah, I'm, I'm just thinking about this. So, um, there was this 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 one time uh, group I was involved with in the mid seventies in, in in Canada and it was like the New Age Center, and and we had centers all across Canada. I was the like the front guy. I used to do all the the the, the performances on on um, radio and, and and TV for the group, and then people would come in to join our group, and we were having this spiritual retreat. And I was entertaining the troops, as it were, doing my psychic routine, my, my live show, my live uh, stand-up fake show. And um, um, these people had come. They wanted to see me, too, as well at the retreat. I got up. There was about 150 people. And we were all sitting around. And I stood up to connect. Everything I said was wrong. Everything. It was Whoa. a nightmare. It was a nightmare. Everything I said in that that session that day was wrong. It was crushing. I was humbling. It was destroying. I cry. I crawled away. Anyway, then there was the next day, and I went back the next day, and then I nailed it, and. What I realized in that experience was I learned absolutely what it felt like to be wrong. Mm-hmm. Now, that was like standing in front of a water cannon. Boom! Right? Oh, that's how it feels to be wrong. Now, that's really important to know what it feels like when it's wrong. 
So that way I can also know what it feels like when it's right. And I had to go through it that way. During that same time, you know, I was the first Canadian um, psychic to appear on radio shows across the country. And we didn't have networks in those days. You know, it was the body in the studio. So, you know, I went to all these cities. And on the West Coast in Vancouver in those days, there was a guy named Jack Webster. And, oh, he was a really tough nose guy and and he was a a, a, a kind of wiry tough nose uh scottish guy mm-hmm. and and um he hated everybody <clears throat> i didn't pay any attention no he hated everybody <clears throat> and anybody that would go no i didn't know this anybody that would go on his show um he'd rip them apart just just rip them to shreds i i didn't know that nobody told me about webster so this guy was so big at that time, he actually had his own private office outside of the radio station and he broadcast from there. And that was before they did remote, remote show. But anyway, um, so I get to the studio a little bit early, as I always did, still do. Um, and I look in and there's this tough little guy sitting in the, in the booth and he looks up and he says, um, he says, um, so I walk in and he says, well, You'd be Robert Lindsay Millen, would you be? And I said, yeah. He said, well, um, with a name like that, you got to be a Scotsman. And I said, well, you, you know, my, I'm, I'm, you know, that's my, you know, my ancestry. And he says, well, tell me, do you drink the drink? And I said, well, on occasion. And he said, oh, I'm helplessly addicted to it. I just can't stop drinking the drink. And he comes in, sits down. We're having this wonderful conversation and i'm thinking this show is going to be a beaut right so then i see the flash on the wall light light you know warning that we're going to go on the air he says hold on for a minute and he says good morning this is webster in vancouver we got this fraud here on the show and we're just <laughs> and we're just gonna find out whether this psychic business is real or not this webster in the morning click and i go whoops he says ah never mind just just relax he says i was just getting people's attention <laughs> so now well you know well he got mine so as soon as we go on the air you know he says all right we got this guy from toronto this fraud this 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 con artist here says he's a psychic so prove it to me mr robert Lindsay Mel. here talk to this guy now I'm on the air live and there's somebody there uh, that's called in, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so the guy tells me his name, like, nah, I'm really frazzled. And everything I said to that guy was wrong. Or that guy said I was wrong. Okay. So then we take another call and everything I said to that person was wrong. Now we go to commercial. And then Webster says to me, you know, that first guy, that guy, Jimmy, or whatever, he says, you know, the things that you were talking about were, was right. And I said, hey, if you, how do you know that? And he said, well, he's a friend of mine. And I said, well, if I was right, why didn't you say something? And he said, it's not my job to make you look good. This is off the air, right? Not my job to make you look good. And he said, and, and. And and then and then he says, and besides, I told them to say no to everything you said. We just wanted to test you. 
That's crazy. I finished. I finished. Well, that was the kind of bullshit that um, we psychics went through in those days. Hmm. There was another time in the main city here in, in Canada, and and I was on the air with another tough tough guy, and 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 this guy says, um, "So, partway through the show, he says, so tell me about my sister's health.'" And, and, you know, I kind of look at him and, you know, blink my eyes a little bit and say to him, I don't seem to sense anything or feel anything about that. So now we go to commercial break and the guy says, I don't have a sister. <laughs> and then he said, there's this guy and I can't remember what his name was. He was a psychic that appeared on some shows. And he went on that guy's show, and that guy said, tell me about my sister's health. And this guy goes on this great big long scenario about his sister's health, and the guy says, I don't have a sister. <laughs> well, boy, how do you recover from that one? I don't know. Like, like what do you do when something like that happens on air and thousands of people are listening? Like, like what? I don't know. Like, like, can that tell destroy, the truth? Can, can that destroy your career? Um, no. no. Um, there's there's worse things you could do that would destroy your career. Uh, more in terms of behavior, um, if 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 you make a mistake or have a bad performance. You'll always get another shot at it somewhere. You know, I mean, if you act like a jerk, behave badly, uh, you know, you won't get another. You, you know, you could destroy your reputation that way. But making a mistake, there's a there was a guy, Tony. You know, come his name will come to me in a bit. Um, he is the most the world's most document documented um, psychic. And uh, he actually made it on with George Norris and some people called up and, you know, they said, you know, some of the things that you wrote in your book and blah, 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 turned out to be wrong. And the guy said, I didn't say, I said I was the most documented, but I didn't say I was the most accurate. <laughs> they are different. I thought that was, that was, I thought that was a great comeback. You know, that it was is. a good one. It is great. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's very important to know both sides mm -hmm. because and, and now you see, see how we, you know, what we started talking about also is, is similar to what we were talking about just before we started today. Yeah. Um, what we are one way, we are equally the opposite. Mm -hmm. And in order to know something, we must know it from both sides. Yeah. And also everywhere in between. And and so that means that we must go through bad times and we must go through good times. Because what we are is uh, one way, we are equally the opposite the other. So we can be, we are as sad as we can be happy. Mm -hmm. Okay. We can be as strong as we can be weak. We are as good as we are bad. 
Uh-oh. Yes. Oh, now disturbing. comes, yes, it is. However, what is important, you know, great spiritual masters uh, do not eliminate negative. Well, you can't. If you eliminate something, so, so everything in our universe has a positive and a negative. That's it. You know, mm -hmm. it is that way. Okay, so everything is a positive or a negative. Um, we cannot have more negative than positive or more positive than negative. So if we start to destroy negative, we also destroy positive. Hmm. If we expand positive, we will expand negative or vice versa. If we expand negative, we will expand positive. The idea is not to restrict the growth to, from positive and negative. The idea is to stay balanced, to have a wide grasp and stay balanced, because balance is the key to power. So it's kind of like what Buddhism do we call the middle way. Okay. I don't know. I'm not a Buddhist. I don't know yeah. very much. This is just the stuff I think about. Mm -hmm. so, so if to be a good person, I have to do some bad shit. You already have, Gary. <laughs> you already have already. It's just, so has everyone else on the planet. Hmm. Okay. It's, it's, it's just the way it is. Um, it's the way it goes. Now, we will stay balanced. Um, but what we do one way. So, so for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Um, that's the law of karma. You know, what goes around comes around. Okay. Um, so for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. The more actions we have, the more reactions we have. We, and, and they will over time be balanced. How about though, for the person who seems to have nothing but bad luck their entire lives? I mean, well, everybody, that, know, that's everybody, well, everybody well, knows that that's, one person. Well, where nobody, like, nobody has bad luck all the time. Nobody. Hmm. Okay, nobody. So what goes wrong so, for that person? Pardon? What's going wrong with that person? Like, well, a lot of times our bad luck also happens to be our bad behavior or our bad planning. Okay, and mm -hmm. also when we're constantly believing we have bad luck, that also is what we attract and get. Okay, so, so you believe in the power of attraction? Or being able to manifest? Yeah, manifesting. So... You know, which leads me on to, I know nothing about the Matrix, you know, whatever. I don't know anything about that. I've never seen any of the movies through to the end. I don't fully understand it. But there's this theory that, you know, we're like a computer game or, you know, we're all programmed and stuff. What I've noticed in my lifetime, you know, so I don't know whether that's true or not. I'm just not smart enough to understand that. But let's say it is that we actually 
are created and and were programmed like what we heard of in the matrix um we it's been my experience though that everyone i've ever met has the ability to do other things if they put the effort into it rather than just staying in a pattern or routine mm-hmm. i've no right, right so if we are a computer program in that computer program we're programmed to grow and evolve or change things and we can if we want mm. so whether we are a program or not we'll never know but what we can always do is grow and evolve interesting so so how much do you think um the way we think like like if a person is thinking negatively all the time is that person only yes. going to neg- attract negative events versus a person not 100 okay so 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 not 100% either way mm-hmm. okay um a lot of times you, you know, I can see a really happy event and somebody beside me can see the exact same event and thinks it's, it's, it's the worst thing they ever saw. And we all have different points of view. We all have different perspective, perspective, perspectives and we also have different life experiences. I remember as a kid um, in grade seven, No, grade five, grade six. It was around the time when um, the Russians invaded Czechoslovakia. And we had um, a lot of um, people coming from Czechoslovakia as refugees. Mm -hmm. And um, during our... um, our May 24th celebration. In Canada, we, we celebrate the 24th of May. It, it was uh, Queen Victoria's birthday, so we have a, a long weekend. Uh, and incidentally, um, we call it the 2-4 weekend now. And I, in Canada, the largest uh, case of beer you can get is a 24-pack. So so we call this long weekend now the May 2-4 weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, but we it's the time when we light off fireworks. So our public school was having a fireworks display. And I remember this, this young girl in my class, her name was Jana, and her mother and father and her sisters and brothers came out for the fireworks display. And the fireworks went off and, and Jana's mother panicked and ran away from the fireworks screaming because it reminded her of the bombs that were falling on her in the war. Hmm. Except everyone else, you pay attention. Mm-hmm. You sure? Because you looked like you were reading book or something, or looking at your texts. Oh, so basically, so what happened is this woman perceived the fireworks as bombs, and it frightened the hell out of her and just about everybody else. Right. Not ooed and not over the wonderful fireworks. So we all see it from our perspective. But we can also change our perspective. Hmm. 
So the person that has sort of like a, like that post-traumatic stri- stress syndrome from a war could change their perspective on those fireworks? You would be able to change your reaction? Absolutely. You can do that. Um, whether that, so using the example of somebody who's been traumatized um, when they're grown up uh, is different than someone who's been traumatized when they're during their developmental stages. It's a different type of PTSD. The early stage is called developmental trauma disorder. And it would be the same effect as, but different, of course, if somebody who um, uh, has abused alcohol when they're 12 years old, it, 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 it affects the, you know, the way their brain develops. Mm-hmm. As opposed to somebody who turns into a drunk when they're 25 and they drink their brains out for a while, it, it affects their brains, but differently than when, when you're 15 or 12. It's a different effect. So um, that's the way it is with trauma. And, and both different, those two different ways are treated differently as well. But yes, the answer is they can see, see things differently. But that takes work, though. You'd have to work at it. Mm-hmm. But you can do it. And you're also capable of it. Everybody? Because, okay. Um, I don't like to make absolute statements right. often. Okay. So see, even that statement often, you know. So I, I, because I really myself believe that there's always another side. Mm hmm. There's always another point of view. Um, I, I really, I really believe that. And as I'm getting older, I believe it more and more and more and more and more. Um, so I don't like saying absolutely, this is so. It's like, you know, someone can everybody be psychic? Well, no, I don't think so. But, but can everybody be psychic? Most likely not. And I describe it as um, if you think of a bell-shaped curve, at one end of the the bell-shaped curve, um, there is one person who has zero psychic ability. And then at the other end of the bell-shaped curve, there's another person that has 100% um, psychic ability. And then we all fit somewhere in between. So um, not everybody can be, but almost everybody. And that's the same with, with, with any ways of thinking. You, you can do it. most people can most can and each one has an ability you know um, uh, um, an amount that they're able to adapt as well so it's kind of like anything else that human beings have whether it's intelligence or physical strength or, or absolutely or whatever do you believe that, that that the psychic ability though is a result of a certain part of the brain that's being used Absolutely. Or other people's are not, or or just people that are not exercising that part of the brain, Most or of the are predispositioned people, to using it, like an athlete is predisposition to be an athlete. Um, well, I think that would be um, okay. Again, going back to yeah, uh, not a hundred percent. Most of the people that I know that are have been really good psychics, the really good ones. No, not even the really good ones. Um, even even ones that are crappy at it. Um, most of us um, have had some pretty deep and severe trauma, traumatic experiences at a young age. Most of us have. 
In fact, I, I, I don't know of anyone that does this work that hasn't had a traumatic background whether it be physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, we've been traumatized. So that is part of a characteristic of a, of a, a type of, of, of um, awareness. And what that awareness is, is the developing of um, instinctive, intuitive survival skills. And we get to learn how to read um, people's behavior because that's how we survive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, so, so, um, but most people that do this work has, have those survival skills and it comes from survival skills. Hmm. How about intuition? You know, I had a, something weird happen to me a couple of weeks ago, uh, where I was with somebody and we were listening to music and I don't, I'm a heavy metal fan. I don't listen to, you know, Anything else really except heavy metal and punk rock. Okay. But 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 um anyway, during this we were hanging out listening to music and I said um about listening to either Beethoven's ninth or yeah. Ava Maria, right? To this person. Wow. And this this person goes the the Beethoven's ninth was her wedding intro and Ava Maria was the exit. Of her wedding, wow! Like, was that something psychic? Was that, or was that just pure luck? I mean, to call out two songs that were part of her Do wedding. You, show. Okay, so, so um, I really would love to be that lucky all the time. Or can, that that that's great luck. That's great. So it, it's not luck at all, mm-hmm. unless you want to call it luck. So it was something I picked up. It was actual an actual psychic thing. I think. Believe. It was a connection between yourself and that person. Hmm. And, and while it, it um, um, is special, and it is, it, it's special because it's the connection you would have with that person. Almost everybody has the ability to connect with someone that way. Mm-hmm. Usually in those situations where feeling our most relaxed and comfortable, we're connected with the person. We're kind of in tune, even though we're, we're not necessarily reading their minds. We're just in tune with them. And, and um, that, that's what most humans can do. So it's more like telepathy. One of the reasons people have difficulty doing these things is they get so hung up on calling it something. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when you start trying to label it, then you use a different part of your brain. And when you start to analyze it, you start using your analytical or your upper brain. Right. And the upper brain doesn't have any psychic ability. The upper brain has logic, analytical ability. So when you start to label it, you get out of touch with what you're sensing and feeling. Mm -hmm. 
So, so I don't know whether it was fucking telepathy or, or good luck or intuition. And what does it matter other than you were doing it? So, so you see, I come from the practical side. I, I don't really care what it's called. I'm interested in, in doing it. Um, I remember there was, there was this organization in, in Toronto at the time. It was called the Toronto Society for Psychical Research. And it was financed by um, uh, an international financier, um, uh, Ben Webster, and and he financed this, and and he ha- he hired um, Dr. George o- Owen and his wife, um, and 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 Dr. Owen was was a professor of uh, mathematics from Oxford University. Um, his wife and him came to Toronto, and they ran the Toronto Society for Psychical Research. And and they had people um, come in and do experiments and things like that. Um, incidentally, my father worked for that that, that man's uh, companies in, in those early days too. Mm. Um, so I I was uh, going to that place, the Toronto Society for Psychical Research, and there was this one time we were doing experiments, or I was doing an experiment, like I was maybe. 20 or 21 um and the experiment we couldn't do this today but um there was a group of people six seven or eight academic type people um dr owen and his wife and then there was one fellow a doctor who was uh um i didn't know what kind of a doctor but turns out that he was an obstetrician um he brought to this the, the meeting series of blood spots on um uh, blotters, little people, and, and 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 they were blood spots from his patients. Now, remember, this is in the seventies. That's why I say you couldn't get away with this today. Couldn't do this today. So, what they would do is they would give me a blood spot. I would hold that paper and hold it in my hand, and I would talk about the person whose blood spot this was, and then the doctor and a couple other people would be taking notes. And and I wasn't getting any feedback. And I went through all the blotters. And then they took all the, you know, they taken all the notes. And, and then they went through all that. And as they were discussing it, then the um, uh, academic people got into a debate over what was Robert doing? Was Robert being uh, uh, clairvoyant? Or was he only just being telepathic? And I listened to them debate just being telepathic. And I got really pissed and I grabbed one of the, the blood spots and I walked over to the guy and said, how about you just be telepathic? Anyway, and then I wouldn't do any more tests but or experiments. <laughs> but um, And incidentally, the guy never even gave it a try. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and, and you see, because... He was too busy or would have been too busy trying to be something rather than just doing it. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a different part of your brain. I was a little temperamental when I was young too, incidentally. Just, just didn't mention that. That's why I'm so calm and mellow these days, right? Yeah, yeah. I remember you told me about the incident with the guy in the car. Which one's that? Um, oh. Can you help me with that? I'm not oh, sure which one. There's so many. Um, I don't remember which, exactly what happened with the story. But I know that you had gotten angry at somebody. I think it was like during a snowstorm or something. 
Okay, and, I'm uh, not sure which one. Okay. You, you, you kind of were jacked up their car a little bit. Those are good stories. They're one of my episodes. Okay, well, I'm, I'm not sure which one that one is. Um, um, it's, it, it would have been a real one. I'm just not sure what you're talking about. Um, I had an interesting experience um, quite recently. In, in my life, I... Um, um, so I, I spent my life in, you know, as, as a psychic, it's been my career, my life, uh, my calling, but it, it goes beyond just doing readings. And over my lifetime, I've, I've found my consistently, uh, like several times a year, I find myself in situations where somebody life is in danger or uh, some really serious thing happening and I just happen to be there and just happen to be able to help and then I leave. Oh yeah, and, you told me and a that, story about somebody had a train before. Okay, well here's one about that happened just recently. That was a subway train. Mm -hmm. Here's one that just happened um, a couple of weeks ago. I, I just moved into this great new neighborhood in Toronto. Um, Corsa Italia is called. And um, I'd only been here about a week and I'd been out walking around the streets and stuff. And on this one, it was a Friday night um, or Thursday night. I was on, it was one night. Anyway, I, I was um, deciding what I wanted to have for my dinner. And I was walking up, you know, the main street, looking at all these restaurants because it's late at night, it's like 1030. And I was looking at all these restaurants and I could not make up my mind. And I was walking around and around. So finally I said, ah, the hell with it. And I just went into this popular chicken store and ordered their, their chicken. Mm -hmm. um, now, I was living, I, I live at the, on, on Dufferin Street. It goes north and south. I live on the east side. And I also, at store was on the um, southeast corner. All I needed to do was walk out of the store and walk down the street and I would be home. I was walking down the street. And um, all of a sudden, I noticed there were people walking by looking at something on the lawn, but everybody was walking by. And as I walked up, I saw that there was a guy laying on the grass, um, all spread out. And he was breathing. He didn't look like he was doing too well. And I stopped and looked at him, and, and I was... I wasn't sure really what was happening and I didn't want to get too close and, and I didn't really want to touch him because, you know, you never, I, I wasn't sure what was going on with this guy. Um, I got a little bit closer and I noticed that um, he was breathing, um, but his eyes were all white. You know, he's looking back um, and, and um, his, he was gurgling. So as I was deciding what to do, and I reached back to get my phone. All of a sudden, beside me stands this woman. I think she was young. And she had white hair, um, straight white hair. And it was just cut like around. It was straight white hair, blondish white. And she said to me, um, and because we were both looking at the guy, I think. I was mostly looking at him. And she said, um, <clears throat> His uh, airway is constricted. Um, his mouth is closed. His eyes are turned upward, and but but he's breathing through his nose. 
So I call 911 and uh, the operator comes on and I just say to the operator what this woman said to me about the guy. And then this woman gave me more information. I gave it to the operator. And then the operator said, okay, so um, then she said to me, um, this is what you need to do. And she said, you know, she wanted me to count the guy's breaths. And, and I did. And when I went over to him, you know, because she told me I had to go over to him. And and as I bent down, I smelled a lot of alcohol. And I, and I said to the, the you know, the, the, the 911 operator, she, I said to her, I, um, I smell lots of alcohol. There's that, the white-haired woman said, yes, there's alcohol involved, but it's there, there's something else that's worse, or, or there's something else that, that, that's more serious involved here. And so I then uh, go up to the guy, and the, and the uh, 911 operator said, now what you need to do is put your hand on his forehead and put your other hand underneath his neck. And the woman with the white hair said to me, here, I'll hold your phone. And I just handed it to her. And then, and then I was just holding this guy's head back. So he started to breathe. And um, as I was doing that, then the fire department and the um, ambulance, and they arrived. And as soon as the first uh, medic got there, you know, I moved out of the way. The woman handed me my phone and I looked back at the guy on the ground. And then I looked back and she was gone. So I saw that whatever was going to happen to this guy, he was in really good hands because there was like about 15, you know, uh, emergency people. And I just continued walking on my way. And that's at 1591 on that street. And I was, as I was walking, I realized I had no idea where I was and I could not recognize any of the buildings. And I realized that I had been going. I was now on the northwest side, walking north. And I was at um, 1900 uh, on my street. I was on the wrong side of the street, walking uh, away from where I thought I was supposed to be. Um, I was going in the exact wrong direction, which was where the guy was, by the way. Walked wow. back. As I was walking back, I stopped. And, um, and, and I'd walked about. Now, I also remembered the space that, like, it only felt, as I remembered it, it was only where, where he was laying on the grass, only felt like it was about 25 yards at most away from the main street. Mm -hmm. And when I was walking back and um, realizing I was on the wrong side of the street, um, when I was walking back, I, I stopped and I said to the, you know, I saw he, he was sitting up and, and the paramedics were there, you know, they were there in the fire department left and they were still treating him. And he was sitting up and he was kind of conscious. And I stopped and I said, oh, you're looking a lot better than you were a little while ago. And and the paramedics said, you you probably saved his life. We gave him, we we treated him. He had he was having a fentanyl. Um, he was overdosed with fentanyl. Hmm. And and uh, so I then continued. I walked. Then I started walking in the direction of where I live. And um, it was kind of a blur. So the next day I had to go retrace my steps. He was about 150 meters away from the main street. 
not 25. And it was on the wrong side of the street. And I do not know how I got on that other. And I wasn't drunk or stoned or anything like that. And I don't know how I ended up doing that. I just do not know. So those types of things happen to me. Um, I just often go with that flow. I just never had an assistant like that before. Wow. So when those type of things happen, like, how do you think you end up in a place that you're not going and having somebody assist you who's almost like they may not have even been, from, from what I'm hearing from you, human? Well, I didn't say anything of the sort other than I didn't see her. She was beside me. I wasn't looking at her. I hardly did. Mm-hmm. We did communicate. We did speak. But I don't really remember really seeing her. Um, and she, I remember her white hair. And, and it was a, and she was I thought she was young. But but, you know, I wasn't hitting on anybody at that. You know, that wasn't an opportunity to score, as it were. You know, we were looking at the guy on the ground. You know? <laughs> so but but then the next thing is, is that she was gone and it was like instantaneous. It wasn't like, you know, um, three minutes later, I, I turned my head look, and then looked back and she wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Yet there was like a lot of firemen around, like, you know, you would have really had to, you know, push your way through. She wasn't there. That's weird. That's so weird. Like, but you believe she was a human? I I haven't um, um, said that at all. You believe um, she was non-human? Like, what do you think? Like, what, what, what does your gut tell you? Like, what was this person? Or who was this person? Um, I think that, um, I, I think that, that when these things happen and they happen to me often, um, I think that this was just the first time one of the people or beings, um, made themselves present. That's what I think too. I think, I think it was just the first time they became visible. Um, up until that time, um, I just, you know, it's like the time with with the kids and 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 the dog. You remember those rioting boys mm-hmm. attacking the dog? You remember that story? Yes, yes, yes. Um, you were coming out of some market, you know, and very, yeah, yeah. And there's like group of kids, you know, chanting, and you know, and and. Um, and they were of a certain religion and they were chanting and they were throttling, getting really revved up. And I was thinking, what's this about? Um, more at first, right? You know, what's, what's this about? Uh, I was curious. Um, and then I saw that they were directing their energy towards a dog that was tied up against a, a bicycle rack and they were going to attack the dog. And I watched and, um, I walked right smack dab in the middle of the group. Like just, and I just stood there, and um, I didn't say anything. Um, I, I I hardly moved, and I sort of made eye contact with the guy that was the leader, and he said to me, "Is that your dog?" And I said, "No, but he's a friend of mine." 
and the guy's head kind of you know shook his head a little bit and and the energy just popped and 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 um you just popped like a balloon and all of a sudden the chanting stopped and i walked out of the circle and i went over to the dog and the dog was happy to see me and then i looked back and the group was um dispersed me so I don't know if there was I don't know if there was anybody beside me or not. I wasn't looking. Um, but it seems like I'm in those situations a lot. So I like it though. I, I like doing it. It's not it's I'm not, sorry, it's it, 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 it's 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 not a burden. I, mm-hmm. I um you know, I like to do it. Like I know Did like, you like ever I, see I, I, the I, movie. Hmm? Did you ever see the movie um, City of Angels? Mm-mm. Oh, that, that's okay, what I was going to well. ask you, though, because like I, I've seen pictures of you, and sometimes like you have these statues of angels behind you. Do you believe that people might have guardian angels that assist us? I don't know if I believe. I'd like to believe it. I mean, that would be nice. Um, so I wanted just to go back to that. I think it was Nicholas Gage. No, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't Nicholas Gage. Um, the, the actor that plays in this movie, um, City of Angels, he plays an angel. Um, he also plays, he, he played in Leaving Las Vegas or something like that. Yeah, it's Nicholas um, Cage. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, he played in this, he played a, uh, um, a, a, uh, um, a depressed angel and and anyway i would like 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 when this life is completed i would like to be one of that group only i'd like to be emotion i'd like to have feelings and and the job that those angels were doing you know i'd like that job and and it's kind of like when these things happen to me it, it, it's kind of like i'm you know doing an apprentice but I also, in my work, am giving guidance when people are in big trouble. And one of my skills is being able to show people um, that they can, that they will get through it. Like you have with me. Yeah. I love doing that. Oh, I get my rocks off. Doing I just absolutely love it. Um, there was there was this one period, you know, I was back when you know there was this one time where I ballooned up well over three hundred pounds, and I thought at that point you know, my life was over. It was a terrible time. It was the first time in my life where I actually lost the belief in my psychic ability. I I I. I it was agony. I'd be doing readings for people mm-hmm. and and I would be saying things to people and in my head I'd be saying liar, cheat, con artist, you know, <laughs> as I'm doing readings. It was agony. Um, so over my career as well, or over my life, um, I've always been protected. Um, there was this one woman um, uh, um who was uh, her name was Elizabeth Tessier and and um Elizabeth had this the Institute of Astrological Study 
and um, she was much older than me. And she saw me when I was very young at first. <clears throat> and she saw in my chart um, my psychic ability. And and she just was always available when, when I was in trouble. So at this time, it was the, the, the darkest period. And I really had felt my life was done. And um, I, I went to see, she was in town and I went to see her. And I went there, and as I said, I, I just felt, you know, it was all over for me. And I went to see Elizabeth, and um, when I was leaving, I was walking down the street, and I realized that um, I was feeling happy. And um, I realized that my life wasn't over. And that, and that, um, I was going to be okay. And the way I felt was so happy and so relieved. It was at that point I said, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do, um, for people. And that's when, um, there was that really big breakthrough. And so when I see someone's in trouble, when I can help them see the other side, um, it's incredibly joyful and humbling. And it's just a privilege to do. Interesting. You know, yeah. what, what you say, though, is like, like, you know, it's like, like, like you're almost like an apprentice in this life, yes. or what you want to do in your next, next that, that may be existence. the case. Um, it, it, it's fascinating because, like, I know too, like, like you also have, you you also teach other people or or take mentor people, sort of too, right? In doing what you do, yes, they do, yes, as as well as um, I help people deal with um, you know personal crises or behavioral stuff too. In, in life coaching sessions. And inevitably what, 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 what I do is like, we, we, we just look for another way to do things. Yeah. Right. That, that is what it is. Right. It's just doing it another way. It's that simple. It really is that simple. Hmm. Sometimes it's so simple. It's difficult. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I, find that actually sometimes to be the most difficult thing to do is to do something different than what I've been doing my entire life, especially the stuff that doesn't mm -hmm. work. I don't know why, but it's just there. It's ingrained in me. It's a habit. Sure. Of course. Well, actually what it is, is it's, it's unconscious programming. Hmm. That's, that's what it is. We, we don't know. We don't know, right? So, so what do you think of a term like divine intervention? Think of Nelson. Uh, think of Nelson Mandela. Mm -hmm. Okay, though so there's a guy. Um, I went to where he was born. He was born in a grass hut, in one of those round grass huts, and from there. He became um, well-educated to a rebel 
incarcerated, tortured, and comes out of jail um, enlightened. Now, I don't know, and he leads his country to what was one of the most glorious bloodless revolutions in history. The only one closest to it was Gandhi. Right. Okay, so how did a guy like Mandela, this poor black peasant born in a grass hut, become educated, become the terrorist, and the hero, of course, and then the leader of his country. And now that could have, boy, that could have been a bloodbath. And it wasn't. That's a divine intervention. I, 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 I have to agree, you know, and I always say Nelson Mandela and Gandhi. Um, you know, I don't know whether it's um, in divine intervention or I mean, is, I mean, maybe these be they're divine. That's like divine intervention, like on a level of humanity. Do you, do you think it happens too on a smaller level? Well. Yeah. Well, so, okay, let's talk about this. Um, God, mm. and we all believe our God is the only God and the God of everything. Right? God's God. Okay, so all of God's creation is... God's creation is not just our earth. God is the creator. Now, that's a pretty big job when you think of all the planets and every, all the life and all everything that's ever been formed ever before. That, that's God. Okay, whatever that is. Now, that is so great. We have as much awareness of what God is as what a whale would understand a camel in the Gobi Desert. Okay? Great analogy, yes. Okay? All right, so we don't know. Now, I don't believe that if there were one like that, would actually know us individually. I agree. Okay? So we're not getting a direct connection from the creator. I'm, I'm, I'm just like, you know, God sees the little sparrow in the sky. It, you know, it, it, it gives his tender view of God so loved the little one. And I know he loves me too. Well, no, he doesn't. He doesn't even know you. Um, but, but there's got to be helpers or there's got to be some other kind of connection. So, so um, I, I, I think it would be more like that. And, and as, you, you know, you go lower and lower and lower. So I was thinking that creation is the ultimate. Uh, so you would go lower and lower and lower. And then there would be beings that would teach those that were not quite as evolved as the beings that are teaching them. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I think that's how it works. I, I, I think that would be. Or another way to look at it is you think of a garden. Right. And and God, right? Well, well, you know, God, you know, looks after the garden, and you know, you know, wants everything to bloom and cares about it. But but um, when one dies, they'll just plant another one. Interesting. Have you ever had a premonition? A premonition? Mm -hmm. 
Well, yeah. Um, yes. Well, everybody has premonitions. What was the most profound premonition you've ever had? Gary, I'm a professional psychic. Mm -hmm. I've been doing it for 57 years, and I've done more than 100,000 psychic connections. I do them every day, so I, I get them every day. So I, I don't know which one's the most profound. Which one? Which one? Do you have any any that are popping out in your memory right now? <clears throat> I had one this morning when I was reading the newspaper, having breakfast, but I can't remember it. Um, I can't remember it. Um, Yeah, I actually had, you know, sitting down just before coming to talk with you. I, I can't remember. Um, I, I'm sorry, none, 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 none's just jumping out at me right now. Hmm. I guess when those things happen, though, like, even like for me, like, I'll have thoughts pop into my head and then I can't remember them. And then later on, I'll have an experience and then it will remind me of that thought that popped into my head sure. earlier. And I'm like, that's interesting because I had that thought earlier, I forgot it, and now I remember it while this is happening. Sure. So that happens to you too? Um, you're a deeper sinker than me. No, I don't think deep. I, I yeah, um, you're, you're, you're a lot smarter than me and, and, you know, I'm sort of like, I, I'm more focused at what's in front of me. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just know that happens. It's like in, in, in math, you know, you get points for uh, knowing how you get the answer. In, mm -hmm. in my work, you know, I don't worry about getting the points. I, it doesn't matter how I get to the answer. The most important thing is I get to the answer. Hmm. So, <clears throat> what... <clears throat> Well, do you think that that being as as a psychic and a life coach and 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 you know doing your service, um, does that you know we were also talking about this too as as a psychic, does it make you more sensitive to things like what has recently happened, like in Texas with the mass shooting? Like, do you feel oh, it's that devastating? So, so, so anyone you feel that who more is intensely. empathic, oh yes, um, I can always tell when there has been some world disaster, or world calamity, or tragedy. Mm -hmm. um, it just it just feels really heavy, um, and I get uh, sometimes weepy. Well, I think that's better because when I was younger, I used to get angrier more. Yeah, um, and and. Um, so I, I, I kind of learned that, that, that when, when I'm angry, what I'm really doing is covering up my pain. So, so, um, I focus on, yes. oh, right. See, 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 um, we're only capable of feeling one feeling at a time. So we, when we hurt and we don't want to hurt, what, what, what we do is we mask that hurt. And we'll mask that hurt with another emotion, and often that one's anger. So, so when we're feeling anger, we're not feeling pain. 
And because and then and then when we're feeling angry, we're lashing out and, and the pain is inward. And and when we ignore that pain, what happens is the pain gets greater and the anger has to get greater um, to to mask the pain. And then it gets greater and greater and greater. And and what I do with my life coaching clients is I say, okay, um, push the pain away. Get rid of the pain. Sorry, push away the the anger mm-hmm. and get in touch with the pain and, and, and feel that. But then before I do that, I also point out to them that when we remember something that's painful in our past, we we remember it, but it's never as bad when we remember it as it was when it was inflicted upon us. So when we, you know, I remember when I was a kid, you know, um, I, I got hit in the face playing hockey and my nose was like level with my ears. And, and um, when, when we went to the hospital to get my nose straightened, um, they couldn't freeze the bone, right? So they stuck a like needle nose up my nose, and they just just pushed the bone back in place. Oh my God, did that ever hurt? But when I remember it, I don't feel it. I remember the hurt, but I don't feel it like it was. So the remembering is never as bad as the inflicting of the pain. And you are absolutely 100% uh, successful in surviving that. So whatever we get in touch with, no matter how deep it is, it's never as bad as what it was when it happened. And we've already survived it because we are living proof. Mm So then when we take the anger off, it then dries up the festering, smoldering, ugly anger, pain. And then what happens is it dries up and it it heals. I don't know what caught me on that path, but but that's that. Hmm. So one of the things that that I wondered, like, 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 as, as... does, does the anger ever interfere with being open to psychic to your, the information that you receive as a Absolutely. psychic versus Absolutely. The, the, Absolutely. The being open to the love and, and the healing? Okay, I, I I I was too busy saying absolutely, and I was interrupting. You want to say it again? Sorry. Oh, that's okay. Because <laughs> you changed uh, uh, from uh, the beginning. My, my, it was um, it, you know, it, does the anger um block your psychic abilities? And when you're going through that that more open, weepy, healing type of process, is, is does that open a, a better channel for you to receive information? Um, okay, so you, you, are you are you asking that as just like a regular person, or are you asking that as 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 the professional psychic? Because the two are different. Both. You can answer in both uh, both ways. Okay, so so um, the psychic person, if they're anger angry, uh, they should stop being psychic until they calm down, okay. because you've lost control. Mm-hmm. 
All right, so stop. So the person, the normal person or the everyday person, um, so explain that again. I just need to, I need you to mm-hmm. say it again. Um, well, is, is it um, being angry a block to psychic abilities or is it, Create some type yes. of bias, which might not be beneficial yes. to the person you're reading for. Yes. Versus like when you're open well. and weepy, empathetic, and completely wide open and raw to the world. Okay. So when we are angry and lashing outward, because that's what anger is. The anger is outward. Okay. So when we're doing that, we, we're not thinking about how about the wellness or the betterment of the person in front of us when you're spewing mm-hmm. your anger at somebody you're not thinking oh how i love you no you're trying you know? to hurt them usually absolutely okay um when you're in touch with your feelings the softer feelings or those feelings you'll be able to connect more with someone okay so yeah right and I know that if someone is is annoyed with me, I'm not I'm not listening to their information. Mm. Someone's being angry with me. I, mm-hmm. um, I, I what I'm doing is blocking them. Right, because you don't want to receive that anger. No, who does? I don't. Some people do. Yeah, some people do. I mean, I, I, probably, I used to when I was younger. I used to thrive on it, but now that I'm old, oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't want this. Sure, and often it's a, it's a choice too. It is definitely a choice, yes. Yeah. And 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 when we, you know, decide we, we want to be or not be a certain way, um, we make that decision and over time practicing and working on it, we we, we do grow and become uh more from it and, and you know, and the eventually the opposite. So Which is which is one of my concepts. Yeah. So when we're trying to like like when you're when when somebody's trying to enhance their psychic abilities, and you know part of that is being coming open and raw and less angry. Um, obviously, that's going to make that person, in my opinion. I mean, for lack of a better word, anyway, because we said like you know everything is equal, um, a better person. Um, well, you would make them and a more evolved person, it would make them more rather than better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, okay. a, better, that's a better term. I couldn't quite put my finger. See, on I don't believe actually um, we change mm-hmm. because we're always what we are and what, what we've done. What, however, we always become more as opposed to change because everything that's ever happened to us in our life from the moment of conception to right now has formed who we are. Yeah. We then add on and become more to us as opposed to change. So you will always be um, what you were when you were 10, but there's more to you than when you were 10. But that part of your foundation will always be you. I guess that's why things are so confusing. Hmm? I guess that's why things are always so confusing. You know, you have this 10-year-old self, and there's all this added-on stuff. 
They're like amendments to the Constitution. <laughs> well, or and and okay, so I took that concept from one of my uh, contemporaries' um, uh, stuff. Uh, Michael Blake Reed was a um, a channeler, um, um, a trance psychic very much in the lines of Edgar Casey. Mm -hmm. There's over 12,000 hours of Michael's um, uh, being in trance and the Evergreens speaking through them, through Michael. But anyway, they came up with this philosophy. It's called the philosophy of um, living. And I just like to recite it. It's, 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 it's relatively short. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's really beautiful. And, and, and there's 12 statements. So it goes like this. <clears throat> I am the result of me. I am more, I am never less. I discover newness about me each and every day. I act because inaction is decay. I speak because the words need to be said. I am the right person. I have no enemies, only friends I have yet to meet. I have no masters but myself. I surround myself in eternity. Eternity I command. I exist in the now, the past, the present, and the future. I have no limits, no bounds, no ends. Hmm. And it never stops spiraling upward, by the way. So I am the result of me. Everything that's ever happened in my life makes me who I am. But when I look at me, I realize I am more than just this. I am more in everything I do in my life. Even if I take two steps forward and one step back, I've never made that combination at that time ever before. So I am more, I am never less. And when I am more, I discover newness about me and all about me each and every day. And when there's newness, I act. Because in action is decay. I speak because the words need to be said. Mm -hmm. I have no enemies because everybody I meet teaches me something about me. And how, pray tell, can my teacher be my enemy? True. Okay. So the philosophy is one of growth and involvement. And it never stops. That's beautiful. It is very. It's not my words for sure. Okay, so all right, so um, um, I I have no enemies, only friends I have met to meet. I have I am the right person. Well, what else can I be but the right person? There's no other being in the universe other than than just me, me, right? I I'm the only one of me. So I am the right person. I have no masters but myself. I serve me. I look after me. I think about me. I take care of me. I look after me. I surround myself in eternity. Eternity I command. I can create it. I exist in the now. The past, the present, and the future. I have no limits, no bounds, no ends. Therefore, I am the right I am the result of me, and it never stops growing upward. Hmm. So that's where you know some of my spiritual beliefs come from. That that, that types of thinking. 
also the gentle part. I was, you know, like I, you know, I grew up in the streets, man. Like, you know, I survived in an alleyway. Um, um, I lived a street life, and and there was a lot of anger, and 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 believe me, there was a, a lot of violence in my life. There was violence to me, and and I fought a lot. Um, the Evergreens philosophies are gentle and soft and beautiful, and and it was through the those philosophies and, I, and, and work I did on myself that that um, took away or, or released a lot. Well, I officially in um, February graduated from therapy. I've been I've been doing therapy since I was like 16 years old, and, and I turned 73 this year. So I graduated last 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 uh, February. I I don't do therapy anymore. But through that time, with with all the other early teachings, mm-hmm. uh, I've dealt with a lot of that negative stuff. Mm-hmm. But but you know, um, healers. Um, don't come from heaven. Uh, um, they 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 fight their way out of hell. Yeah, you go the other way. You don't you don't start at the top and go down, right? You 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 know you start from hell and go up. It'd be easier the other way though. Until you want to come back. Yeah. Uh, well, I challenge that. So when you're doing the good stuff, like you know, so when you when you do all that healing stuff and you get to the top, supposedly you're having a pretty good life. Mm-hmm. Now you give that up and you crash and you go to hell. That would make it even ha- more hellish. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So let, let, let's go from there up rather than the other way around. It does make sense because the higher you are, the further you're going to fall. So if you start if you're starting from the bottom working your way up, then when you do drop, it's not as bad. Well, the other thing is, no matter what, the the, the, the you know the 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 secret to bow is a power is balance, staying balanced. Again, that middle way thing. That's right. So good. expand on both sides. Or equilibrium, balance. whatever you want Absolutely. to call it. Equanimity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Try, try to stay between those extremes. Recognize them. Experience them. That's right. But don't give in to them. And be kind. You know, and that's a really beautiful thing to do for yourself. Yeah. Is be kind to people. It, it it oh it 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 can be so fulfilling doing kind things um i get such pleasure out of just holding a door for somebody or or i see someone struggling with the garbage can give them a little hand or let someone step in front of me or uh um smile when they're not when they look they look like they're sad or you know just just do nice things. It it makes me feel so good, and it almost always makes the other person feel good. It's amazing how such small acts can change, not just a person's day, but a person's life. Oh, absolutely! And it doesn't take very much. Everything we do matters. 
Like, for example, you see a homeless guy sitting on the ground and um, you knock his coin and a few coins fall out. You just broke that guy. You just bankrupted him. Even though it might have been three bucks to you. Mm -hmm. you, you, you know, just doing that. Hmm. Well, if I did um, that, I would give him ten back. <laughs> if you were aware, you even did it. Yeah. So, um, doing kind things will make you feel good. Um, don't expect anything back from the person. Of course not. No, okay. So giving is, is simply to give to that person. Um, you get your joy from that giving. Unconditionality. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you put conditions on stuff, then you're not really being kind, are you? No, you're doing something different. Yeah. So, well, this has been interesting. Yeah. Um, you you get me talking about lots of stuff, a lot of a lot of things, but not necessarily psychic. But you do get me going in my ways of thinking and philosophy. That's for sure. It's interesting, isn't it? Well, I, I think about it a lot, so I guess it's interesting for me, too. Yeah. Well, it's good to be, Yeah, I mean, as a psychic, you know, I, I, I think sometimes people might assume or, or might be curious about, like, what is your philosophy? Like, what is it you think? How do you go through your day? What what effect do you think you're, you're having on people? You know, I mean, I imagine like a lot of interviews, you probably, probably people are just asking you for, for information, but how many people actually want to find out, you know, what it's like to be you or, and, and how you think you're affecting the world and things like that. I find that interesting. Um, fascinating. Well, well, I, I don't see myself as affecting the world. I just see myself as helping somebody in front of me. Right. Well, that's how we affect right. the world, right? Right. We we help right. somebody, that person helps somebody else, that person helps somebody else, and we hope it continues. And, yeah. And and um it's such a wonderful experience. I I it's it, it's actually the way I survived. Awesome. So before we wrap this up, where's the best yes. place for my listeners to find you and get your service? Well, you can find me on my website, um, uh, www.robertlindsaymilne.com. You can also find me on my podcast, My Side of the Crystal Ball, and incidentally, Gary, uh, your episode, yours with Robin Armstrong, um, has been the most popular. It's like 1,500 views or something mm -hmm. like that, maybe even more. Yeah, you know how to say it. So, so you're, you're the because I'm good looking. Yeah, well, I thought it was because you were smart, but okay. So, but you can see that. So it's my side is the crystal ball. Um, and you can also find us on um, Apple, Spotify. No, yeah, uh, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, TikTok, and iHeart um, uh, Network, Radio Network. Awesome. And um, so we just, we just, we just got launched on iHeart. They, um, accepted us yeah they take forever 
Well, we did it. We did it. I'm saying we because, you know, my team, Michelle and, and Kayla, and, you know, uh, the team um, by the um, 18th episode, they accepted us. Yeah, it took me a Which while. Pretty to, good. It took me like a hundred episodes. Yeah. Well. Well, I will put those links in the notes of this episode, so my listeners can check you out, listen to your podcast, retain your services, and it has been a pleasure having you on. It is a pleasure having you as a friend. Thank you, guys. And uh, we will be doing this again. Okay. Thank you. Awesome. So hang on for one moment, and I'm just going to play the outro. Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or message him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise to support the cost of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of this page, www.everythingimaginable2020.com. You can also buy the book Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on film that you'll ever need. You can find it on Amazon, and it will change your life. Because remember, everything that it says...